0: Welcome to Hempire, presented by C.W. Hemp, a weekly installment dedicated to exploring the non-psychoactive side of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of the American economy, hemp has been used in over 25,000 products, including paper, textiles, construction materials, health food, and fuel. Now, tune in and discover all there is to know about this wonder crop making a historic comeback. Hempire. Presented by C.W. Hemp. Starts now.
1: Hey, Empire listeners. Welcome to Cannabis Radio's Hempire Show, the show devoted to all things hemp. As many of you know, I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Pressbook, Understanding Marijuana, High Times columnist, and writer of over 150 scientific articles on none other than cannabis. We've got a super special guest tonight. I usually give folks a lot of background, but in fact, I don't want to give away the big reveal. I'll give you a hint. She's got one of the hardest jobs, but one of the most rewarding in the world. She's a mom. She's a mom with a very special child who had to turn to hemp for medical purposes. Welcome to the show, Kim Clark.
2: Hello. Nice to speak with you.
1: Thanks so much for being on. Listen, I, I know this can be a difficult topic, but you have a a child with some special needs. I was curious if you could let us know about that.
2: I do. My 12-year-old son, Caden, has Lennox-Gistos syndrome, which is a severe and catastrophic form of epilepsy. We were experiencing upwards at some point of 500 seizures a day, and then we had gotten down to about 200, but he was seizing approximately 200 times every day.
1: Now, I want to interrupt you right there because I I think that's just an inconceivable number for people. I know it's got to be painful to to look back on that, but what was that really like?
2: Well, in hindsight, I don't know how we did it, to be honest with you, because he has a 90% seizure reduction now, even when he has the occasional ones that he has. It's so incredibly overwhelming. I can't even imagine a life where we were – he was – having 200 a day it's hard to wrap your head around you're just living it and it's difficult i mean it's all-consuming you're very isolated and there's no hope there's no hope there's no hope at all
1: i mean so can you trust a babysitter with someone who's seizing 200 times a day i mean it just it sounds incomprehensible
2: No, that's not an option at all. I was with him full-time, I mean, 24 hours a day. There was not a time in the day that we were not with him or that he was not in a safe environment. He wore a helmet with a full faceplate because his seizures, one of the seizure types were one in which it looked like someone would just grab the back of his head and slam him violently to the floor as powerfully as they could. And so we experienced, he's had 12 broken noses, he's broken several teeth, his eye socket has been cracked, and I can't even count the black eyes he's had. So we were really afraid outside of the epilepsy itself that we were going to lose him from a hit.
1: Oh, God, it just breaks my heart. And, I mean, can he sleep at night? Was there a way to, to get any respite at all?
2: No, not at all. In fact, generally with epilepsy, your seizure threshold lowers during the time between sleep and wake. So that precious window where we're finding that place is really impossible for these kids. They they can't. I mean, their brains just don't transition properly.
1: And when did you guys first start noticing the symptoms?
2: Well, interestingly, in hindsight, he was having them since birth. Caden was an 11-pound baby and he was delivered, and they didn't get to a cesarean quickly enough, and he suffered a hypoxic brain injury due to lack of oxygen. So he was seizing from the very beginning, but there were these kind of spasm things that I just didn't, you know, newborns are kind of, you know, they're still developing their central nervous system. And so he was just kind of jerky, and we just really didn't know for sure. I think I knew in the back of my head something was up, but not until he had... About 12 hours after his first vaccinations, he had his first grandma seizure that lasted for 10 hours.
1: Oh, I mean, it's just impossible for other parents and people without kids to to even imagine. So I'm sure you must have run to the doctor as soon as you guys could.
2: Absolutely, we did. I mean, we ran and we got, you know, to the doctor. And he, you know, usually the cases with a, a seizure, you don't always catch him at the doctor's office. That's kind of the rule. Well, this wasn't the problem here. I mean, he was very obviously in a full-blown tonic-clonic seizure, and his body was just contorting. He was, you know, losing oxygen, and we just didn't really know what was happening. I mean, we were just so very overwhelmed. Uh, and it took I... them three days to actually stop it.
1: I mean, the, the thought of a three-day seizure is just beyond most people's imaginations. And you guys must have just been so fretful; it's it's beyond words.
2: It we definitely were, but as as frightening as that was, this was my three-month-old baby, and they were bringing in medications in which that I didn't really know a lot about, but I did know that. You never considered giving them to your three-month-old baby. Words like phenobarbital, words like Valium, Versed, just very frightening words. And, of course, your next question being an experienced is, wait, is it going to kill it, the seizures, or the medicines? I mean, it's just very frightening. Is it going to become addicted? Like, I mean, we just didn't know anything and at the we're talking
1: about time. literally some of the most powerful barbiturates and anxiolytics on earth – And the Mm -hmm. kind of thing that, you know, is dangerous with adults, with a three-month-old, I'm speechless.
2: Yes, I mean, we were told that it would be, if he continued in the pattern that he continued in, and they had no way to predict it, that one would be a stretch. Seeing him to one years old would be a stretch, that they really didn't have that answer, but it didn't look so good. And then we just continued the medicine cycle, because... Every drug failed, one after the other. We you know, did 21 different combinations of drugs by the time he was 10 years old. And we did two different brain surgical procedures. One, which is the new fancy word for lobotomy, we did a right frontal lobectomy. I guess that makes it sound a little bit better. But I knew that they were wheeling my child away from me to remove the front portion of his brain and bring him back without it. They also severed the two hemispheres. So that, you know, the hope there was that the electrical charges wouldn't travel across the brain to limit the amount of seizures. And unfortunately, he had a post-operative stroke after those procedures and damaged a whole other part of his brain that was not damaged. So he's really kind of not had a lot of good luck medically at all. I mean, it's
1: heartbreaking. I know they only sever the corpus callosum there, that, that part between the two halves in really extreme cases. But it's really supposed to make it so if one side seizes, the other side really won't catch it. But it sounds like he was still having hundreds of seizures a day.
2: He was. That's what actually took us originally from the 500 number. And, you know, we thought for about 12 hours maybe we were in the clear because he didn't see. So 12 hours not seizing. Now think about this. For your, you know, by this time, two-year-old, for 12 hours not seizing was the longest he had ever been in his whole life. 12 hours. We were thrilled. But then... He had an extremely rare post-operative stroke, and so that damaged the side that wasn't damaged previously. So we had seizures coming from a whole new area at that point.
1: And do you even do you even have a count of how many physicians you guys must have seen?
2: Everyone, <laughs> we went through everyone and every specialist. I mean, we did everything that you know you could and that you would go through with your child. The countless hours and doctors and therapist and just everything is just i can't even i can't even imagine it anymore it's just so overwhelming
1: i can barely imagine it myself and so you've done meds you've done pretty serious surgeries and he's up to two years old where where were you guys then
2: Well, we had continued on because there were new and exciting pharmaceutical treatments. And let me just preface this. When I use the word pharmaceutical treatment, I am not anti-science, and I am certainly not anti-pharmaceutical. In fact, I think I could argue that I am cooperative. We are cooperative with science all the way up into the point of removing his frontal lobe. So you can't call us not cooperative with science, for sure. And we went through everything, and then we finally arrived at a point where the neurologist looked at us and said, look, we're meeting expiration age. And that was a new term. You know, you think of expiration like milk and eggs, not necessarily your child. But we had met expiration age, and there was just really nothing else to do. We'd exhausted. We ran, I mean, we exhausted science. So it wasn't, again, I want to be clear, we didn't walk away from science. We ran the gamut. There was just nothing else to do. So he was the end of life. Is this just
1: a euphemism for he's about to die?
2: Yes. Well, yes. Generally, there's a kind of an expiration age that these kids where, you know, it's a generalized number where they just sort of meet when hormones, I guess, can start at a different mechanism that the body has to handle all together on top of it. So it just kind of sends things out of whack for them. So this was the third time in his life, in his 10 years, that we had been told that we were going to lose our son for sure. So,
1: It's really flabbergasting. I'm completely astonished, and, and, it, and it's hard to, to imagine what that must have been like. Obviously, you guys kept trying nonetheless. Where did you turn?
2: Well, we are... By far, you could probably call a lot of people that have tried this treatment, but I promise you we are by far the most unlikely family to have tried this. My husband is a 27-year veteran with the Atlanta Police Department. He actually is the drug guardian for all of the confiscated narcotics in the city of Atlanta. So when I, and both of us, I, I guess we would identify generally as kind of conservative people. I mean marijuana and any form, hemp, anything hadn't been a part of our lives other than, you know, his profession. And so when I saw the special on the little girl, Charlotte Figgy, and people started calling me left and right, I went to him and I said, hey, what about marijuana? And he just looked at me like, what are you even saying? I mean, we both had that reaction. I was kind of just asking him to put it on his plate. Because I really was hesitant, too, because, I mean, th- these are probably just a bunch of crazy pot people in Colorado. I mean, isn't everybody in Colorado just a crazy pot person? And, and I know better now, but that was the perspective then. I'm so, so startled.
1: So the irony is here's your husband literally trying to enforce cannabis prohibition, and you guys are, are stuck in need of something
2: new. Yes, so we definitely had a crossroads moment, didn't we, where we had to challenge what we believed. And I, get, I have to say, in general, outside of the hemp itself, at this point in our lives, hope had become probably the most dangerous thing. And I I say that a lot, and I know that's kind of an unsavory statement, but hope became very dangerous for us because every time we would sort of set up our hope for a new treatment, it would fail and then he would have greater consequences. I mean, one drug made him stop walking and I had to retrain him to walk. I mean, we had just, he had just, and so trying this was just not, it was not on the radar, but then he started to do the research. He he started to look, he started to look at the science and he saw that cannabidiol was actually patented by the U.S. government for its properties as far as anti-inflammatory properties are concerned. And that made us both really curious. So wait a minute, this is a Schedule one substance of no medical value, but you hold the patent on the use for it. So that really kind of, you know, made us lift our eyebrows and go, whoa, is there something to this?
1: I'm stunned, and, and it's just uh, it's a completely dumbstruck kind of feeling. We do have to take a break right now. As my Mm -hmm. cannabis radio brother, Vivian McPeak, would say, we got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. We'll be right Mm -hmm. back with Kim Clark to discuss an amazing story here on
0: Hempire. Hold on for more Hempire after you've grown to learn more about our sponsors.
1: Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download.
0: Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing.
1: (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase. And it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com.
2: The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Fuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Boober Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way.
1: Mention the Stoner Show podcast on CannabisRadio.com. And don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit.
0: The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. Time to harvest more crop-tastic content on Empire. only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, and we're back
1: at Hempire with the amazing Kim Clark, mother of Caden Clark, who had some of the most severe epilepsy I've ever heard of. They went through every medication, frontal lobe removal, surgery, the severing of the corpus callosum, and still hadn't mastered these outrageous seizures. Where'd you guys go next, Kim?
2: Well... It ended up being the wisdom of our older son, this my sixth son's brother, and he said, I said, We can't go and do this. I mean, Dad's fought against this his whole career and it just seems so crazy. This is I, I don't know. And he looked at us and he said, We have always said, Who are we if we do not continue to fight for him and with him to the very end? No matter what it is. And it just occurred to me and I mean, here I am. I mean, he was on upwards of 60 milligrams of benzos a day. And I'm concerned about this became my thinking. And, and of course, my, his big brother really kind of gave us the battle cry. Who are we if we don't fight till the very end? Because he has to.
1: Out of the mouths of babes.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: That's amazing. So where'd you guys turn? How'd you get a hold of this?
2: We connected with the realm of caring. I actually was back in a time where I actually sent a personal message to one of the Stanley brothers because I had seen them on the CNN special, and they responded. I was overwhelmed. You know, he said, it's not legal there. You have to, you know, get out here if you can. I mean, and that just became an impossible thing. I mean, my husband's close to retirement. We own a home here. How are we going to do this? I mean, how? How? And we're just going to separate our family, so we made the decision. We thought about it over a weekend after, you know, thinking about it for a month or so. And we packed a U-Haul truck with a few things. And the boys and I traveled across the country, sort of pushed out of our state. I did contact local legislators before I left and speaking with them and asking them of the probability of it, because I couldn't understand. I, I became to understand that, you know, this form of it, you know, it's non-psychoactive. I just didn't understand why we couldn't treat him with this, but I could give him 60 milligrams a day of benzos. I, I couldn't rationalize it. So anyway, we packed up and we moved to Colorado, and he was 10 years old at the time. And until then, he was seizing again upwards of 200 times a day from the first dose. He continued to have a few seizures, but then we went the first 24 hours of his whole life within the sixth day that Caden was seizure-free, 10 years, 10 years, the first time, the first day ever, the only day ever that he had gone seizure-free.
1: It's a mind-blower. Let me just remind listeners, uh, C.W. Hemp is the company that created the Charlotte's Web strain that is so high in cannabidiol, and the Stanley Brothers are the the folks behind that company. I'm so moved by this, Kim. I'm trying to imagine even a drive all the way to Colorado with a kid who seizes 200 times a day. What was that like?
2: It was to to be honest with you, it was hellish. But that is particularly what got the attention of the legislators. The ones that I contacted, particularly one in my town, before I left, I decided if they weren't going to listen, that they were going to spend days with Caden. So I videoed our days, our packing up our things, separating our family, taking my child out of the only you know home he'd ever known, school district, removing our support system, um, everything. I mean, we gave up everything. And my again, my 13-year-old did, too, and we just left, and so I videoed that, and I would send it to them each day, and I would make them watch. Caden woke up, and he ceased, if he got to sleep, ever, and that was because it was a medicated sort of horrible sleep, and then it was just a hellish trip across the country, and that got their attention, and other children started to come forward once they heard the stories of people in our state, Georgia, seeking the same thing and a couple of legislators got on board and we fought for a couple of years in order to be able to reunite our family but we spent two years in colorado
1: it's astounding it really it really is i can't help but wonder did other physicians give you guys trouble about this
2: i have not met anyone personally that have you know some people have kind of rolled their eyes a little bit but I'm very open about it there's nothing to hide about this it's wonderful his neurologist you know it was still in the early days of this which is just a couple of years ago but you know he said I, I'm afraid for you to do it I don't know what you're getting who you're getting it from I mean that's a concern and I understand that on the physician's part by the way I, I think that they you know should have some credit for that. And I said, I'm just going to you know, try to do everything I can to make sure it's an excellent source and a good product, and we'll see what happens. And we didn't expect it to work. I have to be honest with you. We, Again, we had given up hope. But when I've got my 13-year-old looking at me saying, who are we if we don't try, I kind of got to step out. And so we did. And I was amazed, in fact, the first 24 hours with him not being seizure-free. After seizing 200 times a day, it took that same 13-year-old coming to me and going, he hasn't seized in about six hours. And then that became 12 hours and it went on and on. And it was amazing to me that the first six hours I didn't even notice. I think, again, hope is dangerous. So I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was seeing what I was seeing. And I'd heard a lot about the quote unquote placebo effect. I have to tell you, the placebo effect is a little bit different when it comes in terms of such a physical manifestation of any disorder. I mean, you're either seizing or convulsing or not. Those are your options in, in epilepsy. So it became very clear after 24 hours that this baby's body had not seized.
1: I can't imagine the joy and relief, but also the slight apprehension. Is this real? Is this really yes. going to go?
2: Yes, it was definitely that. You know, you don't want to wrap your heart and head around this, and you certainly don't want to overreact for him. The interesting thing was was I was, you know, as the as the days went on, and he would have these seizure-free days, He went, um, his first 14 days, 14 days, he went completely, no, nothing, 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 no seizure whatsoever. And he became this person that I was getting to know. I mean, I knew that form of him that was seizing and medicated the best that I could, but he's looking at me and wondering where they are. And so I'm getting to see this little boy that is constant, that's not constantly being reset neurologically. So imagine, I mean, I'm again, I'm getting to meet my 10 year old. I can't describe the experience. Sometimes I still, you know, pinch myself because, you know, the most seizures he's had in one day since we started is 12. And I know that sounds like a horrendous number, and it is. It is absolutely one is too many seizures. One it is too many. But 12 is such an incredibly better number for our worst day than 200. It's, it's oh, really and the best annoying. part, I guess I should say this, I'm sorry to interrupt, but here's the irony, and I think it's the best point to make is because of this form and this hemp, my son, after 10 years, is sober for the first time in his life. Understand, my son is sober because of hemp.
1: No barbiturates, no anxiolytics, no other medications at all?
2: No, we went through a very hellish two-year-long, drawn-out withdrawal, titration, very safe, you know, regulated by his doctor. But watching your 10-year-old go through barbiturate withdrawal, I have to tell you, you haven't lived until you've done that. It's unbelievable to me the things that he went through, just going off of those things. So now he, is, he was on three anti-epileptic drugs, one powerful antipsychotic that wasn't even approved in children, and not to mention, um, again, the benzos on top of it. Imagine how medicated this little 10-year-old was.
1: Well it had to be wild to sort of meet him for the first time if you will get to know his personality and stuff at age 10.
2: Mhm. It was there's a lot that happens in that process. It's wonderful, but then you become angry. I was surprised that my first emotion was angry because you would think it would just be pure gratitude and joy. While that was true, I'm furious that this has been around, that people actually have looked at this, and that I severed two hemispheres of his brain, removed the front portion, went through 21 different combinations. He lost the ability to walk. He was sick. He was constipated constantly. I mean, he just had a horrific experience with these things, and nobody thought to mention this?
1: Oh, sad but true, sad but true. So listen, I mean, what's about stigma now? I mean, are other parents okay with this? Do you get the dirty looks? How does it go?
2: I have had mostly an amazing amount of support. If we are willing to educate first and stick with, if you run up on someone with an old mindset or a fear mindset, if you explain to them these very, I mean, they're facts. Who can argue with a child being sober for the first time in his life? How do you argue with that? I mean, what's not right about your son getting to live? What's not right about that? It becomes inarguable once you speak that and you tell them exactly what's going on. Don't get me wrong. I understand that, you know, different kids need different ratios. It works for Caden that he's on a low THC ratio, and I'm certainly not against that. However, this CBD is... It's inarguable. I mean, there's too many anecdotal studies. I, I think that, you know, it should be pushed through and should be studied. It's harmless. I mean, the only side effect we've had so far is an increase in drooling.
1: Wow. That's so, all. I mean, it, it, it's it's just head and shoulders above any other medication that's out there. It's, it's really amazing. I'm curious, what would you recommend to, you know, parents who are in a comparable predicament?
2: Well, I would say absolutely go to your doctors, speak to them about it. If they're not on board, explain to them the anecdotal studies. I would say also that before you take any step into any sort of surgical procedure, removing anything or adding anything or, you know, research some of these pharmaceuticals because the neurologists, the good ones will even tell you, look, we, we just treat this and we hope that it covers it and absolutely you know if you've tried two or more the science tells us over and over and over that you have an 80 to 90% chance of everything else failing you so why not why not give a child an opportunity with this virtually harmless and we have legislation federally right now that's virtually unopposed that they're very excited about and it would be great to get this into the hands of parents and really help remove the stigma i think if the you know the government got on board it would help some people that are hung up with that but I think a lot of these parents are looking at the lives of their child, and if your son or daughter is suffering every single day, and you've been told three different times that they're going to die, it becomes a fairly easy decision. So I think I would do the research, and I think I would try. I think I would try. I would do everything I could. We lost a lot. We lost our home. We lost a lot of savings, but we just always say, what better could we have invested in?
1: It's a delightful story, absolutely stellar and, and moving. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Empire. Our special guest today was Kim Clark with the outrageous tale of Caden Clark, who at one time had literally hundreds of seizures and now has whole days when he doesn't. It's so great to have you guys here. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart and let the data be your guide.